Hi everyone and welcome to Happy Art Plan. I'm Taylor Ruskowski. And I'm Asha Colstaway and thanks for tuning in. Um, so let's just start off. Kaylee, how was your weekend? It was good. It was chilly. Yeah. I was saying, it's been freezing and you know the forecast is like zero and below the next few days. Um, but Beckham, ever since like this kid was born, he wants to be outside every single, whether it's zero degrees or a hundred degrees, this kid wants to be outside. So for a while there, we'd come home from daycare, put his snow pants on and we'd go outside and play in the snow. Well, now it's so cold. I'm like, it's a tease to go out there for five minutes. So we have just been, he has this fishing pool. I wish I had it. And uh, you can like cast it and it has this like rubber thing on it. So he wants to open the door, cast the fishing pole out there, then shut the door. Oh, I mean, God. it's just anything to make that kid happy because he can't go outside. It's killing Oh me. my gosh. Well, you know, you have only yourself and Dustin to blame. You guys love skiing, love snowboarding. That's true. So I know we try to say like, it's your DNA to be outside. Well, I hate the cold, but if we're going snowboarding, it's different because you have 12 layers on, but <laughs> next year we're going to take him and teach him and put him in lessons. So I'm super stoked Aww, about that. Pending the pandemic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I want to ask you one more question. Okay. Go for if it. You had to pick, this is one of those weird questions. Just kind of like keep you on edge. If you had to pick one, <laughs> skydiving, bungee jumping, or scuba diving, which would you do? Neither. None. What? <laughs> you have to pick one. No. <laughs> you don't do okay, snorkeling? Would you do snorkeling? Yes, I've snorkeled before. Snorkeling okay. is as adventurous as I get. Okay. I know. Actually, Dave and I, my husband, we're, we were just talking about going on a trip and doing something fun, and he wants to get certified in scuba diving. And I um, do, too. Like, I will cheer you on from the side of the pool oh, and you pass nice. your test <laughs> and then I'll just read my book while you go off on your No, experience. he can go scuba diving. You could be on top just like snorkeling, looking down. Because when we go on our family yes. trips, that same thing, like we're not certified. So they all go diving in this beautiful stuff and they're going down to see the cool stuff. And I'm just on top like, look at that pretty thing. Oh, look, <laughs> I can see him down just there. floating around. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's a good plan. That's me for sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, should we go ahead and get started? Let's do it. Cool. We got a new guest today, so we're very excited. We have Ryan McLeod. So, Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Uh, Kaylee, you're making a huge mistake by not doing the scuba diving. I've done oh. it. Um, having kids, I know that you guys can relate to this, but you need a break from the noise sometime. Yeah. There's nothing as quiet as being under the ocean and, and just kind of <laughs> floating around. So, can you, like, hear your own heart? Like I swear, probably so serene. Yeah, yeah, it's it, eerily quiet. Although when someone knocks on something, um, doesn't matter how far they are, it, it just travels very quickly through water. So that's crazy. Huh. That's so interesting. Um, we'll switch gears just a little bit. Um, okay, just a lot. We're going to talk about <laughs> the importance of security, security protocols and the creation of policies and procedures. And today we have partner and compliance officer Ryan McLeod. Ryan came into the accounting world in a different manner than most. He wanted to prove to his college roommate wrong after he said he wouldn't do well in that subject. Ryan graduated from Creighton University and has since earned a CPA, PMP, and CFE. Ryan primarily works on the Medicare examinations and develops new audit procedures to help the government monitor new programs. Ryan, we're pleased to have you on. Well, thank you. show. <laughs> What's that? I said, I feel like it's like a talk show. I'm like getting you hyped up to come on. 
appreciate the hype job. Yeah, I hope you guys have the uh, the sensor button handy. I'll try to uh, keep the profanity down on your show. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sure we can talk about one sensor. Yes. Oh. That's funny. Okay, so Ryan, we like to surprise our guests with a random question. And we just try to pick it like just out of the blue sky because we want to keep our listeners on their toes. So here's your question. If you could learn the answer to one question about your future, what would that question be? Oh, um, <laughs> I want to know when I'm going to die. Oh, well, the age, I mean, so that I can get all the stuff on my bucket list and stuff that you plan for in retirement to do, oh, um, you know, get all that taken care of. That's kind of a dark answer, but. Yeah. I mean, it makes a little sense. bit. A little yeah. bit. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I, I couldn't ask that question. That's a hard question. Yeah, I know. Quick. He's thought about it. Yeah. It was, a, it was a good answer. Normally, we don't go so deep, I feel like, on some of these questions. Like, a who's lot your of favorite them are like... Mario character? Something, <laughs> something simple or superhero? Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, the Blue Jays win the uh, NCAA tournament when I'm alive. So, well, let's go with a little bit more happier thought. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, well, so we're going to go ahead and get started. And the reason that we asked today's guest on... After COVID-19 or during, I suppose we still are, um, and every with everyone working remotely, even at our firm, we had to really tighten up our security and emphasize the importance of security protocols to our staff and then our staff being able to relay that message to our clients and, and just continue to emphasize the importance to them um, just because with all of us being online now, it's, I think we've talked about it before in other episodes, actually, the, the risk for fraud and, oh, yeah. and vulnerability to attacks and things is just at a, hot, a level it's never been at before. And so that's why we felt it would be important to have Ryan on today. So Ryan, we're just going to run through a series of questions and you can just give us your insights. Yeah, I mean... My role as a compliance officer, in a nutshell, I would say it's, you know, to keep our, our company out of the news from a negative light, um, whether it's um, overseeing security or privacy rules, but making sure that we're staying on top of uh, those regulations. And um, especially from a security standpoint, since I know that's kind of the focus of today's meeting is just making sure that um, we've got sound structure, that um, we're protecting our data, clients' data, um, yeah, and keeping us from whether that's uh, reputational damage or, you know, monetary fines or corrective action plans if for some reason something did happen. So I'd say if you're looking big picture, that's probably what I'd say. So between like a security officer and a compliance officer, how did the compliance officer role come about? Yeah, um, like you mentioned, when I started my career, um, it was all government consulting work, um, Medicare specifically. And that was back when we probably had like 20 or so people and our happy hours were at Billy Frog's West. Billy <laughs> <laughs> remembers those. So. Well, I do well. <laughs> um, but back then, you know, the main partners, uh, Jason, Jeremy, Troy, they, uh, they just had a, a lot of different roles that they were playing. So whether that was um, growing the business uh, through marketing or keeping up with operations or administrative uh, tasks, um, corporate initiatives, um, it just became evident as we continued to grow that there was going to need to be some delegation down. So 
probably about five years ago, I would say. Um, our we started kind of growing up from a small, small business to something that's not really big corporate, but a little more structured um, and resembles that in, in the sense of like, you know, SOPs or ensuring that we're following uh, HIPAA requirements. Uh, and, and it's evolved, you know, to, you know, even more recently where we're trying to incorporate that more throughout the company with tax audit, uh, CAS department. So, yeah, that's, that's good to know. And I think I like how you phrase that in terms of kind of where we were and, and who we wanted to be as a company and, and how that all fit into it. And Ryan, this question will allow you to brag on yourself for a minute if you want to. What traits do you have or or should someone have if they were going to function in this role? Yeah. Um, I, first and foremost, I think it's got to be someone who's responsible and trustworthy, uh, has solid integrity. So uh, with that, I'm not sure how I got the role. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's got to be somebody who um, folks feel comfortable that there's an environment that they can go to if uh, they need to report anything, um, that that person's going to, to listen openly. Um, without fear of, um, you know, repudiation. Um, I think it's got to be someone who's organized and can plan out uh, and prioritize tasks. Um, there's just so much that, that goes on. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's got to be someone who's really adaptable to changing environments. Um, obviously, from an IT uh, perspective, things are changing rapidly, so... You always got to be able to take a look at what your current structure is and what's changing throughout the world or what regulations um, are coming out you got to be in accordance with. Um, and it's got to be someone who's good at extracting dialogue from others. Um, so it's, it's got to be an environment where you're able to um, solicit information from everyone, provide best solutions to a process, or, or maybe it's just having that uh, ability to extract um, problems from, from folks. Um, so I guess those are some of the qualities I think that would be be helpful in um, a compliance officer type role. You know, and honestly, when I when I was talking about that uh, changing environment, that's probably one thing uh, in my new role. It's it's been really invigorating to be in because we see a lot of opportunities um, that that may come out where uh, maybe it's a small change that you're making, but it feels good to know that you're you're helping this place get better bit by bit. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. So um, it's been, I've been kind of on the receiving end of the policies and things like that. And it's been cool to see how Bland is adapting and pivoting to addressing different risks. And as we learn more about where we could be susceptible, um, I can't think of a different word other than adapting, you know, and shifting to to revise what we're doing. So can you talk to us a little bit about some of the policies that you've implemented since assuming this role here at the firm? Yeah. And Kaylee, you kind of talked about it earlier, though. But with uh, 2020, um, we were put in a position that we had to react really quickly, uh, switching from a organization where everybody was, for the most part, working uh in our main office too. Now we have over 80 offices throughout. And so with that, um, we had to make sure that everybody working remotely was set up in a secure environment. So uh, we put out tips and tricks for internet and routers uh, as far as making those as secure as possible. Um, some other, uh, I guess, initiatives that, that we've done recently 
um, our cloud-based portals that maintain our sensitive information. We're ensuring that all of those have multi-factor authentication installed. So that's just kind of a, a best practice to, to safeguard from outsiders intruding uh, to, to access your account. And uh, you know, with that, while we can't really enforce it on our clients, uh, those clients who do use those portals, we also suggest that they use multi-factor authentication on their end. Um, so nowadays, you know, it's, it's, we're just following a similar process to, you know, when you're checking your, your uh, bank account or retirement or credit card accounts, MFA is uh, the route that's going on. Um, let's see, we've also restricted staff's ability to add any software to their computer independently. So now if uh, you were to need a new software installed on your computer, it's got to be done by the network administrator, which oftentimes um, software can pose a big risk to organizations. If it's not a um, protected software, if it's, it contains anything malicious into it by allowing anybody to install that onto their computer, um, you're just increasing your vulnerabilities. And then also, you know, if you've got software that is out of date, it doesn't have patches installed, uh, that, that poses a threat as well. So making sure, you know, your Microsoft products are installed timely. Um, we've also become more organized with uh, what relates to our, our inventory of our system access. So we know who has access to what system in the event that an employee leaves the department or a client or the firm. Um, so we have the ability to uh, track that complete list of systems they have access to and remove them from. Um, you know, and I would say, oh, um, we do have policies recently. This is the one I think, Kaylee, you're referring to that I've <laughs> kind of um, charged you guys with as well, is, but um, restricting kind of the use of removable devices or USBs that we receive from clients. So a lot of our, our tax audit, um, long-term care or CAS, they may drop off uh, some of those USBs or removable devices. And, uh, you know, we don't know exactly where those have been when we receive them. They could have viruses on them um, innocently when they're dropped off. But um, so we have procedures that um, are put into place to kind of mitigate the risk and quarantine any of those um, viruses if for some reason we did receive anything like that. So, yeah, those are... Yes, what we've been working on recently. Yeah, that's a great rundown. Well, Ryan, why would you say um, following these protocols and security is so important now more than ever? You kind of mentioned briefly, and it seems kind of obvious, but are there any like key big factors that you know people should be aware of? Yeah, I mean, obviously, security and especially cybersecurity um, is really vital this day and age. I mean, we've seen it in the metro area the last six months, um, you know, with hospitals um, that have been forced to temporarily go paper-based just because they've encountered a cyber attack. Um, seen it on the national level um, late in 2020 when there was that fire eye solar winds attack that impacted um, a handful of government agencies and thousands of corporations. So, um, you know, and we also see it in um, that need for cybersecurity uh, theme come across our proposals. So some of the recent ones that we received from the government, um, you know, they're coming out with stringent cybersecurity cyber requirements. Um, some of them are even requiring that you have third-party certifications uh, with regards to certain maturity levels of cybersecurity. So um, it seems so backwards to go to paper, but I mean, that was like more secure, you know, back in the day when you'd write letters, no one knew what those letters said, but now if you write an email, even if you probably 
erase it because your computer saves stuff so often, it could still be out there. Yeah, very true. Um, I mean, there's benefits to it, right? Being able to work, um, collaborate with folks throughout the country, but there's also risk. Um, so it's just putting up that uh, fortress or, or safeguards that they're to protect your company for, for any leakage or, you know. So Ryan, how do you make sure everyone's following these practices and don't call out Ashley and I on this podcast. <laughs> don't you dare. We're guilty of, of non-compliance. You um, passed the fishing test, I think. Um, I, I think it was just Jeremy a couple of years ago who didn't pass. Oh, that's course. right. <laughs> uh, no, I think um, one thing that our firm overall practices is that to increase compliance, whether it's our oddities, um, we think that education is the best way to do that. Uh, it's not really any different on, on the compliance department. You know, we're not as interested in punitive me measures or calling people out, even though it is kind of fun sometimes. But <laughs> Depends on, yeah, their temper. Yes. <laughs> uh, would you say people are more resistant to the change or more willing to like comply? Uh, I think anytime you're asking a group of, of folks to alter their routine, you're going to have some resistors, but I think as long as you explain the why behind the actions you choose, it helps everyone see that you're not just trying to make things difficult on them, but you're going about this because you care about the company and sure. information, you know, no different than your own information. But I think once people see the reasoning behind it, the buying is easy. Um, and then it also helps, you know, if you have any lunches to bring in when you're doing these trainings. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. Yes. We love some food. <laughs> Uh, are there any like big obstacles or challenges when you implemented these at the firm that you can think of? Yeah, I'd say the biggest one, honestly, is, is just trying to do too much too soon. Um, if you're overwhelming staff with changes in policies or procedures, sometimes that can lose its effectiveness um, you know, if they're met with overload. So some of the guardrails you can do when you're setting up your security posture, uh, you can do without, you know, making everyone aware. But for those policies that impact staff on a day-to-day -day operations, you probably just want to be uh, cognizant of um, uh, rolling out those issues that are the most impactful to them first, and then reiterating those through different training mechanisms, whether that's you know small quizzes or you know the occasional fishing test. Um, it, repeatedly, you know, it's no different. I coach a, a softball team, and when I'm going through the rules and the rules and the you know the strategies. Um, we, we cover them a dozen times at least because you're just not going to get it the first time. So I think anytime you're rolling out new policies, um, you just want to make sure that you're communicating that in uh, as many different instances as you can so that they firmly understand it. For sure. Yeah, that's awesome advice. That's a good note to end on, um, Ryan. So thank you for all the information you shared today. I think what, what you've told us is is it's helpful obviously for us at the CPA firm, but I think that the advice and just the process and how you went about it is, is good for any type of company, regardless of size or even type of organization. We have a lot of nonprofit clients that work with sensitive information and, and have an obligation to, to keep things secure. And I just, I think how you laid it out for us was awesome and, and will hopefully be very helpful for our listeners. So thank you for coming on today. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you both. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast today, please visit our website at bland 
cpa.com and leave us a note. We'd also be very appreciative if you could rate and review the podcast on whichever app you use to listen today. We'd sincerely be thankful. So friends with that, be informed, be inspired, and be awesome. Bye guys. Bye. Ahora Media Production.